10. So Rosie is going to kill me because I gave her what I was going to preach. And in the midst of praying and worship, and God just really dealt with me to go a whole nother direction. So Rosie, if you're watching, it is not your fault. It is all my fault. Amen. Because the scripture is totally off. The title is totally off. Everything is wrong. My fault. Not hers. She was responsible. Not me. But I just, I just felt really led to go in direction, so I'm going to go for it. Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. We're going to look at verses 14 and 15. Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and 15 tonight. I did, said the sticks. I did, said the paper. I did, said the boy. No, I did, said the wind. But they all flew the kite together. If the sticks had broken, the tail caught in a tree, the paper torn, or the wind was lulled, the kite would have come down. Each had a part to play. The application is escapable here. We each have a work to do. If the work of the Lord is to be successful, then every member of the church must, must play his or her part. We have a work. Uh, we have the work of visiting, giving, preaching, and countless other jobs to do to make the church and its work successful. We must all work together and each do what he or she can to help. It's a matter of teamwork. For a moment, I want to simply ask you one thing. Or let me say, let me make a statement to you. At some point, we're going to have to send out a church. At some point, amen, we are going to have to send out into the harvest field. Now, I know what some of oh, we send out a church, your friend? No, I don't know. But one thing I do know is that we're going to have to do it, whether it be this year, next year, the next. We're going to have to do it because that's what we are called to do. Can you say amen? We need to plant a church in another city. But listen to me. It is not just the couple that we're going to plant that does all the work. But us as a church, as the body of Christ, we all have a part to play in sending out into the harvest. Can somebody shout amen? And I want to talk to you about that for a moment. I want to talk to you about a title I've called when. When we send out a church, what will happen? When we send out a church, what will happen? Or better yet, what needs to happen? Romans chapter 10, verse 14 and 15. The Bible tells us very clearly this. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you. And God, I'm fully trusting in you tonight. God, open the hearts of your people. God, let this resonate from now until eternity. I thank you, God, for this opportunity. And I thank you for where you have placed us to be able, Lord God, to reach the lost, and I pray we would embrace this spirit and embrace the vision. We thank you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said, amen. I know it's not conference, but I'm trying to get you close. Amen. I'm trying to get you close. <laughs> so let's look at firstly, amen, to who and for what. 
Verse 14 of our text tells us this. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher lifeguards as a part of their duty are to look out into the waters to keep a pulse on what is going on and when they see uh, the people in trouble or people troubled when they see people struggling when they see people drowning they by duty amen are called upon to launch into the deep and do their best to save the people to not do that would be a breach and a covenant they have made, and ultimately it would be murder. To not do that, can you say amen? The church are the lifeguards. The church is called to go after the drowning, spiritually speaking. We are called to go after the struggling. As the church, we are called to go after the unsaved. Our text says, how can they call upon him when they have not believed? In other words, they need to hear. Romans 10 and 13, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We are the lifeguards of the earth, willing to dive into deep waters that we can bring people to the shores of Christ. That they may know the Lord. See, we launch hope. Can you say amen? We launch salvation. But our text shows us that the people must first... Before they can believe, they first must hear. In other words, there has to be a launching in the midst of the drowning. There has to, they just won't come to us. Can you say amen? But we must go to them. The gospel is called to be spread. Amen. Mark 16 and 15. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Jesus told his men, go, go into the world, invade territories, set up shop in other cultures and preach to them that they may hear the good news. But there must be people willing to preach. There has to be couples, amen, that are willing to go, that are willing to go into to the plentiful harvest and begin, amen, to speak of Christ and tell of the good news. Now again, we understand, amen, that it's not only the preacher's job to do that, but it's the church's job. See, we must reach people beyond Newport News. That is the goal, can you say amen? We are to reach Newport News and beyond. I love that and beyond. We must begin to reach people outside of our city limits. But how many know we can't pick up the whole church and go to Williamsburg? We can't pick up the whole church and go to Atlanta. We can't pick up the whole church, amen, and just move every four years to different spots. We have to begin to send people to these spots. How are they here without a preacher? How will people get saved unless they hear the message? And if they're going to hear the message, that means we've got to send them there. That means we got to send them. Notice what I'm saying here. We have to send them. How many know we don't go to an organization and say, hey, listen, we got this couple. You know, they're, if you could just loan us 10000 it would be awesome, and we can just send them to Australia. 
It's within the body of Christ. Amen. This has been our pattern, and this is the biblical pattern, is to raise up men and women within the body and begin those who feel called to go out, that we kick them out of here with all urgency and joy and go, go do a work for God. I can't wait till we can kick somebody out. I can't wait. It's so fun to be like, get out of here. I know you'll be crying and those. I'm get out. You got people to see saved. So with that being said, yeah, I'm gonna move a little quickly here tonight. Let me let's look at secondly what is needed. Romans 10:15, our text tells us how then, how shall they preach unless they are sent? And as it is written, how beautiful the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Now, how shall they preach unless they are sent? In other words, we are not speaking of locally, but Paul is speaking of, expan of, a, of an expansion. That means the church then takes on the responsibility of sending. I want you to look at what it takes to send out a church. Now, mind you, I know what you're saying. Pastor Brooks, you never sent out a church. Shut up. I may not have sent one out, but I've been here when we've sent them out. And there takes a couple of intangible th or tangible things, amen, to be able to send men and women out, couples into the harvest. Number one, it takes vision. It takes vision from the body. Casting always takes vision. Having eyes that are always looking beyond the right now that are able to see that people in South America, in Portland, Suffolk, amen, Williamsburg, we can go on and on, we can go on and on about places that need the gospel, but can you and I as a body see that? Can we see that people need to go to these areas, amen, when we look at areas like Chicago, when we look at areas like Minneapolis, when we look at areas like Teaneck, New Jersey? Why do you say Teaneck, Pat? That's where I'm from. One of y'all need to go. <laughs> so I'm trying to throw it out there. Baltimore, Maryland, where we have not a church. Can you see the vision? Can you see beyond just Newport News? See, Paul, in writing to the Romans, is asking them a question. How can this happen? How, how can we do this? It's going to take vision. Vision is casted by the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen? Listen to me. Pastor, we can come up here. All pastors that preach on, out of this pulpit can come up here and say vision, 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 amen. But until the Holy Ghost gets down inside your soul, until the Holy Ghost gets in your heart, amen. Listen to me. It'll be just a bunch of words. Acts 13 and 2, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed, lay hands on them. And, oh, what did they do? They sent them away. See, is the Holy Spirit, amen, that is the element of vision, amen. And we have to understand that, that some of us have lost vision because maybe we're not in tune with the Holy Spirit. One man said this, don't let your church be a cul-de-sac on the Great Commission Highway. You have to have vision. 
Can you see the harvest? Listen to me. Have you ever thought about this? Maybe every time we go on outreach, you're, witness, you're witnessing to the next Billy Graham. Every time we go on outreach, you're witnessing to the next Wayman Mitchell. You're witnessing to the next Larry Mitchell. You're witnessing to the next whoever you want to put, Joe Campbell. I mean, we can put, the list goes on and on. But you have to, we have to have vision for it. Do you have vision tonight? Number two, it'll take finances. Not only will it take finances to relocate a couple, but what that also means is that we're giving up tithers. We're giving we're men and we're sending out men and women who give locally. So guess what? When they get sent out to their church, they got to give to their church. And so what that means tonight is that it will take finances. Amen. It will take you and I willing to step up our giving even so that the work of the Lord can still progress. It means that we will come together, amen, to support the work that we are sending out, whether that be domestically or abroad. That we are coming together, that if they need equipment, we're coming together. If they need a van, we're coming together. If they, whatever the case may be, that we come together to do this. It will take finances. 2 Corinthians 9, 6-8 tells us this. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a chill forgiver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, always having sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work see that's the part we forget right we always read the first part he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly i gotta sow bountifully but then he listen to what he says of why so that you can have all sufficiency so you can have all grace and abundance why for every good work that you're doing in other words, he is saying that as you give, that God begins to bless, but not bless just for you to hold on to, but he blesses so that you can put it towards good things, which would include sending out churches. See, our comfort that in doing that and giving, amen, to the work, that we will be taken care of. That God will take care of us. That God will take care of his church. Can you say amen? One thing, amen, that I would always get excited about is when I would hear reports here, I knew, amen, that it was coming to Portsmouth. That if I heard, yeah, we got 20 new converts, I'm like, oh, Lord, I'm about to have 10. Because I understood, amen, it is a spiritual dynamic, a triple down, a, a, a dripping down effect, if you will, that when, amen, the mother church, amen, but, you know, that's also when the mother church would go through it, I, we would go through it. But when I saw the abundance in the mother church, all of a sudden there would be abundance in Portsmouth. And so I understood that there was a factor here, a spiritual connection, amen. And so that is when we give to the work, that as we give, amen, to what God has called us to do, that God takes care of his people, that God takes care of his church. 
See, there's a favor that will flow through aspects of our lives when we decide to give to something good. Only churches who give will be able to flow in the Great Commission. Listen to me, folks. Only churches that give will be able to flow in the Great Commission because you, it, it, we, we, can't, we have to have money. It, it's, that's part of it. Oh, yes, pray. Absolutely. Fast. Yes, fast and pray. Definitely. But finances are a part of the Great Commission. If it were not the case, why did Jesus bring a money box? Literally, he could make it if he wanted to. I always wonder about that. He could just be like. <laughs> but he carried around money with him as he went. Why? Because he understood that certain things take finances. We have to be willing to give to whatever we're doing. Whether that be our time, whether that be our effort, and whether that be our finances. And if we're going to send out churches, it will take finances. Because that church, that baby work will have needs. And especially if we go overseas. So, amen. Listen to me. That church is going to have needs that we ought to take care of because that's our baby. Can you say amen? How many of you have left your baby outside cold and walked back into your warm house? Don't raise your hand. I feel like some of y'all are like, it was only for four minutes. <laughs> it's only for five minutes. I was just running. Just had to get a sandwich real quick. But you understand what I'm saying is that we, we, we don't do that. Right? We take care of our children. So we should take care of our baby churches as the needs arise. It will take giving. John D. Rockefeller said this, don't be afraid to give up the good to go for the great. To go for the great. What, what greater joy is there than to hear into such and such go so and so? What greater joy is there to hear that in Portsmouth we have a work of God, that God is doing miracles there? What greater thing it is to hear than in Chesapeake, amen, new converts are coming in and going on outreach? What greater thing is there to hear? And it came through our giving, folks. It came through our giving. And I understand that this, our church has been a liberal church over the years. But that doesn't stop because of COVID. That does not stop because of elections. Come on, somebody. That does not stop, amen, because we got things going on. It does not stop because we got issues. It keeps going because there are still people that need to get saved. And so it'll take finances. All of us partnering together for the common cause. For the great commission. Can you say amen? The third thing it will take is serving. We send out a couple. That means they leave. I know. Amazing. They go. And localize themselves in that city that they're going to. That means. Whatever ministry or whatever they were doing here. <laughs> oh, I can feel you tighten up. Okay, I'm going to stay here for a long time now. I was almost done, but now y'all done made me say, no, we got to stay here now. I can feel it tightening up. What does it mean? It means that whatever responsibilities they had here, 
Somebody has to step up and take care of those responsibilities. It, huh? I said, huh? It means, amen, that we have to now say, okay, we're kicking them out. Who is going to step into this place? It will take serving if we send out churches, amen, because, you know, you've heard, I'm sure you've heard it said over and over again, whether at conferences or, you know, we send, we don't send out the worst couple. We don't, huh? We don't send out the worst. We don't look at, whew, you know, we want y'all to go out. Yeah. <laughs> we don't send out the worst couple. We don't send out a couple doing absolutely nothing with their lives. Right? We send out the ones that have put their hand to the plow, that have been faithful, amen, that have ingrained themselves in our church, amen, that we have, we send out our best. But then that means there's a void. And people have to now step into that void. Whatever things they were involved in, whatever things they were doing behind the scenes that you have no idea about, now somebody has to do those things. And if you think me and Pastor Nickerson are doing it by ourselves, you tripping. I know how some of y'all think. Well, we got like 10 pastors in here, don't we? Yeah, you, you, whatever. We got enough to do. <laughs> he didn't tell me to say that. I said it on my own accord. Just want to make sure. That. He didn't tell me to say that. But you understand what I'm saying is that somebody has to take those positions. So that means we got to step it up. That means we are no longer just going to be comfortable in what we are doing. It means now we have to say, okay, God, do you want me to step into this new ministry? Okay, God, do you want me to step into this position? Okay, God, do you want me to step here? What? Now we have to open our hearts up and say, okay, God, I was doing this for like years, but now with this void, do you want me to stand in the gap here? See, we must begin now to fill voids created by the work. Acts chapter 6 and 7. I mean, excuse me, Acts chapter 6 verse 1. Bible tells us this. Now, in those days when the number of disciples was multiplying and there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. So what they are saying here, this is not a prideful statement. What they are saying is that, listen, we got a job to do and we can't do both. Because one of these jobs is going to suffer. We can't do it all. Listen to what they tell them. Therefore, brethren... Seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. There is a void. There is something wrong. So now we're going to look within the congregation to fill the... Oh, I'm getting excited. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please, please forgive me. Now we got to look for people to fill the void in the congregation. Listen to me. When we send out a church, we're not going to put an ad in the paper. We're not going to say, you know, this wanted. Must be able to come to church three times a week. Within. But let me continue. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Verse 5. 
And the saying pleased the whole. They weren't griping. It pleased them. Like, yes, this is, yes, we will choose. We will figure it out. Yes, we will find out these seven who can do it. It didn't grieve them. They weren't like, oh, man, more responsibility. Oh, great. No, they say, yes, this, yes, we will do that. And they chose Stephen, a man of full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorius, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the disciples. And when they had prayed and laid hands on them, listen to verse 7. Then the word of God spread. And the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Listen what happened when people got in position because of a void. When the people decided, we're going to choose these to take this position, all of a sudden now they see a revival. All of a sudden now the word of God is going forth. All of a sudden now the priests were obedient to the face. Why? Because men were chosen, amen, out of the congregation to fill a void. Because there's something that when we get in proper position, God blesses it. The void is there, and these men step up and say, we will handle it. That's what we're going to need when we send out a church. We are going to need men and women who say, I will step into the position. Whatever positions those may be, whatever voids those, that couple will leave, we have to be able to say, I got it. Because, again, we're not just choosing anybody. They chose men, amen, that were filled with the Holy Ghost. They chose men, amen, that were full of wisdom, amen. They chose men that were faithful. And this is what we're looking for in our church. I'm sorry, and this may offend you, but listen to me. We're not just going to choose you just because you're here. There has to be a faithfulness, amen. There has to be a willing to put the hand to the plow and keep it there for more than a year. There has to be that. Because, listen, the job is important. Regardless of how minuscule it may be, it's a part of the church. And if it's a part of the church, it's important. Multiplying, people being added to the kingdom when others decided to step in position. Look at the, I want you to think about that. Listen to me, folks. I've seen this with my own eyes. When we sent out Pastor Prescott, I remember being there. And I remember him going out. And then I ended up playing the drums, amen, because he played the drums. And all of a sudden, we started to see people come into the church. I can remember when we sent out Pastor Tejero, the same thing, amen. Men began to step up in position. Women began to step up, amen, and do what was right and do what they saw as a void. And all of a sudden, before you knew, we were at like 120 people. I've seen it. And I'm sure you can testify of it when Pastor Howard was sent out. I wasn't here in the body, but I'm sure you could testify of that. That you saw growth and you saw people stepping up, amen. And you saw men and women getting into proper position. And it was there that God began to breathe on that. And we began to see things happen. 
But listen, we can't just keep sending out and nobody step up. Once we send out a church, it can never be the same here. Things will have to change. Amen. Things will have to be adjusted. And we need people who are willing to say, I will step up, Pastor. I knock on Pastor. You should be knocking Pastor's door down. I got it. Don't worry. Got what? Whatever you need. You got to give yourself if we send out a church. You got to give yourself. It can't be just two or three handling the load. It's a collective effort. Can you say amen? You know, and this, what has to happen. You know, I was thinking about this. I'm beginning to wind this down. I was thinking about sharks. Now, I know what you're saying. Sharks sending out, what are you talking about? That's how my mind works. I don't know. But I was thinking about sharks. You know what's interesting about sharks? They have 50 rows of teeth. 50 rows, right? And so if one breaks, one just comes back into the picture. I mean, it's awesome. Nobody else finds it? Okay, I'm sorry, maybe. All right, I guess maybe it's not so awesome. Well, that an animal has 50 rows of teeth? Are you serious? You know what, I don't like you guys. You guys are ridiculous. <laughs> The shark's teeth are 50 rows deep. He bites into a seal, breaks 20, still has 30 rows to go. That's how the church should be. We send out two. Oh, we got, we, we're deep. We're deep. We got 50 rows just ready. At every position, we just got people ready to go. We got people in position. We just we got twenty song service leaders. We just re we're just ready. We got Bible study leader after Bible study ready to go. Who who whatever position we just whatever we we're deep. That's how it should be. That the minute we send out somebody's ready to step in position. Let me close with opportunity. Luke chapter 14, verse 21 tells us this. So, the, so that servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in, uh, bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you have commanded, and there is still room. Then the master said to the servant, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. I want to leave you with this tonight. In this story, we see that the master is having this feast. Amen. And he is calling for men and women to come and some reject it. So the master sends out his servants again to other areas. And as I looked at this, I'm like, you know what, Lord, this is the church. This is a picture, amen, of what I am talking about, is that we have servants that need to go into various areas and gather people for the kingdom's sake. But look at what the servant says after he follows the first command. He says, and the servant said, master, it is done as you have commanded, and there is still room. There is still room. In other words, there is still time. There is still people to reach. Heaven is not full yet, folks. I don't know if you knew that yet. 
But heaven is not full yet. Churches are not full yet. We have a window to make impact in the earth and we're going to have to jump through that window. It cannot somebody be somebody else will do it mentality. It must be the potter's house will do it. Because there's still room. There's still room for churches to be in certain cities. Because there's still room for people to go to other countries. And we cannot waste this chance to see souls saved. Can you say amen? How long are we going to wait? See church, when we send out a church, it means that we don't, when we send the couple out, that now we, no, 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 we've already been prepared for this. We've already been preparing that, hey, this is the vision that we send out couples. And so we're already preparing. We're already getting our gearing ourselves, getting ready for whatever may happen. Every conference, I always geared myself. I didn't know what was going to happen. When I was a disciple here, every conference, I'm like, okay, I'm ready. And on Friday night, you know, it's like double dutch. You're like, okay, who's going to do? Into, oh, oh. Into Newport Beach. Oh, oh. I thought you were going to say Newport now. But we're ready. Because who knows who gets stirred? Who knows what may happen? But I wanted to make sure that I was ready for whatever God needed me to do, that I didn't want to waste opportunity. We can't refuse to step up into positions that need filling, church. We can't be scared. Oh, what if I do it? What if this doesn't happen? Look, forget the what ifs. Let's just start doing something. Let God figure out the rest. Can you say amen? Like, let's not be scared, amen, of our own shadows anymore. Let's not be scared to step into new positions. Let's not be scared to step into the unknown. Amen. When you were unsaved, you step into anything. A dark room with a door. You're like, we're going to this thing. All right. <laughs> Didn't care. As long as it has a door. So let's take that same mentality and say, God, whatever happens this week, whatever happens next conference, I'm going to be ready. And I'm not, I don't want to waste this opportunity. Church, we have a wonderful opportunity here to see men and women changed and set free. Think about your own life. Think about how God has changed you. Think about, amen, what God has done in your life. Because there were men and women in a church body. There were men and women that said, we can't waste this opportunity. There's still room. There's still time. We got to start launching, folks. We got to start launching. We got to get them out. There's, There's so many people that need to be reached. I leave you with Acts chapter 16, verse 9, familiar portion of scripture. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. That call was then. That call is now. There are people saying, come over and help us. 
There are men and women in New Jersey calling, come over here and help us. There are men and women in Mississippi that are calling, come over here and help us. There are men and women, amen, we can go on and on and on. There are men and women in different countries and nations still calling out, God, help us. And one way that God is going to help them is by using a couple that is willing to go. That's one way. Listen to me. Some answered prayers when people say, God help us, was a church. I want you to think about that. That some people's answer, God help me. Hey, we're from the Potter's house. And we just want to hand you a flyer and just tell you about Jesus. And you're like, God help me. And you're like, we are your help. Think about that. But we got to be ready for it. All three facets I talked about, we have got to be ready for it. Nations are calling. William Carey said this, expect great things from God. Attempt great things for God. Let me say it again. Expect great things from God. Attempt great things for God. When we send them out, who will step out? Attempt great things for God. Because the people we're sending out are attempting something great for God. And when they go, then the people within the body have not to attempt to do great things for God. Church, are you ready? Are you ready not only when that opportunity comes to send out a church, but are you ready to step into position when it does happen? Are you ready? Are you ready to take the reins when somebody else leaves them behind because they got to go take a whole new set of reins? And I encourage you, I don't care how long you've been saying, well, I don't have this, I don't have that. Get all that out of your mind and let our cry be, God, I am willing, use me. Let that be our mindset, not what we don't have, not our deficiencies, not everything wrong with us, not our, all our problems. And what, I can't do that. I can't talk well. I don't know how to spell Bible. Get all that out of your mind and say, God, whatever, whenever, however. Let's bow our heads before the Lord.